What's up everybody, Tara Wellman here, and yes, I know it has been a minute or more, but it's the off season. What do you expect from me? But that doesn't mean there isn't a lot to continue to talk about over the next several months. So since there are not series to preview, instead I'm going to flip the script and we're just going to talk more about the St. Louis Cardinals, because who doesn't want more of that? Like I said, over the course of the next couple of months, I'm going to recruit some fine folks to bring you the best information possible, starting today with the one and only Benjamin Hockman. He'll be joining me in just a bit. But if there are people you would like to see talk about your St. Louis Cardinals, hit me up. Let me know who you want me to talk to, and I'll try to keep bringing you some good information, some fun content, and who knows what else as we go along this winter. Before we get going too much further, I did want to give one giant shout out to Yadier Molina, the winner of the 2018 Roberto Clemente Award. Now, obviously at Birds on the Black, we spent a lot of time at the end of the season talking about what Yadier Molina has meant to St. Louis and to Puerto Rico, both on the field and off. And it is incredible to see him rewarded this way. There's so much to talk about as far as Molina is concerned, and I feel like the Cardinals community is so lucky, so blessed to have the opportunity to watch Yadier Molina continue to do what he does as an athlete and also as a humanitarian. So huge congrats to Molina and the family and the foundation. Thanks to all of you for helping us give back a little bit from Birds on the Black to Foundation for Yadi's Foundation that does so much great work in both Puerto Rico and in St. Louis. And I just felt like that needed a shout out. But back to the interview. Let's get to it. So Benjamin Hockman from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, thanks for joining me. How are you, good sir? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. FaceTime uh, interview experience. (laughs) Well, we'll try to make it as painless as possible. Um, (laughs) No, there's always a lot to talk about in the off-season, even when there's not a lot of answers out there. So that's what we're going to do. I want to ask you about uh, a number of things relating to Cardinals baseball. But let's start with this. I just got back from Seattle, and I want to to bring this up. The Cardinals are the Seattle Mariners of the National League. Having talked to some Seattle fans in the last week, that's uh, that's a bold statement. (laughs) At this point, right? I mean, what what are the Cardinals? I mean, three years is is an eternity in the two wildcard team playoffs, and only a couple teams have not made the playoffs Overall, in the in the past three years, most teams have made the playoffs at least once. The Cardinals haven't. The Mariners haven't. And I know, I mean, like, I've got all this Cardinals stuff here in the house. Like, like I mean, the Cardinals have a rich history. Don't get me wrong. But right now, how are they any different than some middling 80-plus win franchise that's good, not great? Good, not great. I think that's important because in the season wrap-up press conference, we heard John Mozeliak talking about how this is a winning team and they have this winning tradition. And while by definition he's correct, uh, winning seasons are are maybe different than a winning team, at least 
in the perspective of, as you mentioned, a lot of opportunities to get in the playoffs and, and make something happen. There's kind of this weird disconnect, it feels like, between maybe the front office that sees, look, we've put together winning seasons for over a decade, and that's great. And the fan base that says, yeah, but you've missed the playoffs for three years in a row. Is it is it fair to feel like there's this sort of unrest because of the, the trend with this team? It's fair. I mean, there's frustration, right? And the, the problem is, John Mosellock or any general manager or team president is not going to suddenly turn into a WWE wrestler, you know, screaming like, we're going to win 100 games. This is what we're going to do. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's just implausible to think that. And, and in a weird way, many fans want that. They're like, well, if only he would just show the same passion I have. Like, clearly, like, let's let's say it now. Like, clearly, John Mosellock and Michael Gersh in the front office are the dedicated and devoted to trying to make the playoffs. They're, they're, I mean, this is only their, their livelihoods and legacies on the line. Um, and I, so yeah, um, the question of course is, can they do it better? The answer is they better do it better. So how do they do it better? And it's not our money. Um, it's not our money, but I mean, at some point, what they've done three years in a row has not worked. There's optimism with a lot of the young pitchers. There's optimism with the new manager. There's optimism at second base and catcher and some of the positions. But the Brewers have made the NLCS the past four years, counting 2015. A team from the division has made the final four of baseball, and it wasn't the Cardinals. How do the Cardinals get there? You'd have to think it's spending money. How much are they willing to spend on Bryce Harper? I think that's part of it because it's not just that the Cardinals haven't made the postseason, right? It's that they're also losing ground in their own division. And you feel like, yeah, it's great to try to make a wild card spot your goal. Although I feel like you maybe should set your expectations a little bit higher. But nonetheless, when you continue to lose ground within the division and you see the Brewers go out and make changes, the Cubs do what they've done. Obviously, that's not the way that Mosellac and company want to be successful, but it, it's a little harder to, to swallow missing out on the fun of October baseball when you also see two other teams in your division get that chance and, and maybe do it in a different way. So like you said, there's money to be spent. Um, I just told someone on Twitter, it's not my money. Give it all to Bryce Harper. Um, <laughs> but the, the point I think is that the Cardinals have been really intentional about um, you know, building from the bottom up, right? And that's great. I don't know that you can develop a superstar. I, I think they kind of are what they are at some point, and and that seems to be what the Cardinals are missing and what they might very well have to go out and, and use that money that we keep hearing about to get. Yeah, it's a conversation that's always tricky for people like you and me to have because we point to the late Oscar Tavares and say, what if? And clearly the Cardinals, to their credit, had developed what seemed like a potential all-star slugger who, of course, passed away. Can you do that again? Can you, I mean, yes, it, it stinks. I mean, it, they imagine if Oscar was out there in right field right now. Uh, but also he wasn't guaranteed to be an all-star. He just seemed to be trending in that way. So, of course, they probably aren't going to have a, top 15 top 20 OPS guy come through their system so you gotta you gotta 
buy that guy. I mean, that's the reality. If you look at these teams, I mean, the Cardinals had, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know the computer in front of me, I believe they had one dude over uh, four war and, uh, with Carpenter. And like all these playoff teams had two, three offensive guys uh, above four war. So you can't, you're not, you're not, even if you are going to develop, even if Nolan Gorman is that guy, that ain't until 2022 or whatever. We're talking about how it's been three years out of playoffs. Look, we if, if they if they say we're waiting for Nolan Gorman at that point, you know we're we're, we're moving to Seattle. We're, we're becoming Mariners fans or something. Pick the poison. Uh, no, I mean the reality, of course, is they need to do something. The Bryce Harper situation seems the most ideal. The Josh Donaldson situation seems the most realistic and most Cardinals esque. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about both of those, but I did want to uh, jump back to one of the things that you mentioned there, and that is that um, there there's potential down the road, right? But I feel like part of the dissatisfaction right now is that I know John Mozeliak doesn't like talking about windows, but it does feel like there's a little bit of an era that's we're sort of seeing the end of it, right? With Adam Wainwright, with Yadier Molina coming to the, I don't know, maybe he'll play forever at this point. Uh, but in theory, coming to the, the final years of his career, um, you know, maybe not getting, maybe we have seen peak Matt Carpenter. It just feels like there's, there's a time in Cardinals history or in the present right now that makes the most sense to invest in if you're going to try to do something with a lot of the pieces that you already have. Um, So to me, again, from where I'm sitting, not spending my money on Bryce Harper, it, it makes a lot of sense to do something to try to put them over that hump because of all the other pieces that they already have. Yeah, or if anything, what they're doing isn't working, or it's yeah. not working well enough, and and uh, and that's what Mosaic was saying with the, um, at the at the at the post season press conference. He goes, apparently, eighty eight wins is not good enough. So okay, but it's not because even if even if they had eighty eight and made the playoffs, like maybe they would have a fun two thousand six type run or whatever. But we would still enter the off season saying like that was fun, but but. I mean, the Brewers are still the Brewers and the Cubs are still the Cubs and the Dodgers are still the Dodgers and the Rockies. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in the National League. So the question, of course, is how do you grow the offense, assuming? And then that's the other thing is like last year, if I was on on the FaceTime with you, I probably been like, well, one thing, Tara, that we can pencil in is a great season from starting pitcher Carlos Martinez. Like, of course, he'll be great. And then it's the other. Well, that. Blew, in our, blew up in our faces, and of course, Miles Michaelis was one of the greatest free agent signings in team history, and imagine where they would have been without him and his production because of Carlos's uh, inconsistency. So, but yeah, here we are now in 2018 saying, like, you'd think that they could find five pretty good starting pitchers out of the 11 that they have. Okay, if we're relying on that, how do you build the bullpen and how do you build the offense? Yeah, there there were a number of things that should have gone right this last season that didn't. Uh, So you sort of have to expect some bit of rebound there. But also, you know, you never know who else is going to have uh, a down year the next time around. Um, Let's talk about Bryce Harper, because I feel like we're very much on uh, the same page as far as Harper is concerned in that he seems to check all the boxes for the Cardinals in a way that... um, no, not many other guys could. He he, and full disclosure, I've not always been the world's biggest Bryce Harper fan. Um, but you know, he's really 
he has that thing that the Cardinals haven't had in a long time. Um, he's a left-handed hitter, which again, a thing they haven't had in a while. Um, and, and he brings so much to what I think could be this really great blend of Bryce Harper and the St. Louis tradition. Um, it's a, it's a high price tag. I mean, going around on Twitter today, the, the, the word is 10 years, 350 million. Um, if again, it's not my money, but sign the check and send it now. <laughs> That's how I feel about Bryce Harper and the Cardinals this year. If there was ever a time in Cardinals history to splurge on a free agent, it's after three years of being adequate and having one of the prodigies of this sport available for his age 26 season plus all these years on the free agent market like this is the time to splurge it's i mean it, this 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 it's uh, yes he will have those years later he will have those pool host angels years and we will acknowledge that and you know ben fred and i and and derek and and rick Humble and the writers will have to acknowledge that we were pro harper in 2008 and now it's 2028 and he's you know gray bearding it and hitting 220 with the 260 on base percentage and making up Bryce Harper's numbers for 2028 will there even be a world in 2028 that's another thing and also and like so that was kind of being funny but I will be serious in this regard like Bill DeWitt is one life to live right one life to live and he's he's had a lot of fun they won the championship a couple times under his watch, but like, golly, like we're not, none of us are getting any younger. If there was ever a time, again, to use the word splurge and just take this shot, it's when you have two other teams in your division that are also really good. Bryce Harper is available. And also, and again, like we, a lot of things is like we in the media and the fans, we talk about the idea of like the sales pitch as if it's going to be like this, you know, they bring in Nelly, He's rapping about St. Louis, and you know, and, and you know, and then we 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 get fun in our heads thinking about it. But the reality is, there are some sales pitch aspects to it that the Cardinals could use to their advantage beyond just you know great fans and all that, because we know that Harper likes that, if only from those those tweets he put out there that he loves the fans and the history of all that. But the answer is this: like Bryce, do you want to be Kevin Durant? Do you want to go to the Yankees and join Aaron Judge and, and join Stanton and join, I mean, well, Luke Voigt, of course, who's the next Babe Ruth, and, and then join all these guys and be one of them? Or do you want to come to St. Louis, a team that has 88 wins, has some good pieces, and you are the missing piece? You come, you are clearly the face of the franchise, you're clearly the best player on the team, and you are inevitably the reason why they make the playoffs like if i'm bryce harper like that's pretty enticing to me and i feel like more that i, I know a lot of people have uh the, the manny machado is obviously the other big piece that's going to go somewhere i think you can sell bryce harper on st louis I don't think you can sell Manny Machado on St. Louis. And that's clearly, that's very speculative because I don't know either of them personally, right? I don't know what it is going to take to to sell either one of them other than a lot of money. But from everything that we can kind of piece together, Bryce Harper seems to be more the guy that you can sell on that than Manny Machado. And, and that's part of the reason I just keep going back to he seems to fit so much more and to your point, he's 26 now. Even if they sign a 10-year contract, 
he's going to be 36 at the end of the contract. That's not, I mean, it's not, you know, the prime of his career, but it's also not ancient. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Well, I have Manny Machado right here. We can ask him. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, when you're right about Machado, I think it's because of these aspects. Uh, he's currently on the Dodgers. So he's like in the World Series on a team like the Dodgers, literally the Dodgers. So he's like, wow, this this ain't bad. And then, uh, and then you look at, at New York and the tradition of that side of the infield to be the next Jeter, to be the next A Rod. Again, if he's cool with playing with Judge and Stanton, which many humans would be, um, that that would be a nice nice fit. Can you imagine that two three four, or that three four five, or whatever it would be? I mean, it's mind boggling. Um, yeah, I mean. And, and then, you know, Ben Fred, my, my columnist colleague, wrote a pretty good piece about uh, Machado's antics in the, in the postseason. And, yeah, you watch him, you're like, that's not what I want around here, kicking the kicking Aguilar. I mean, that was Bush League. Um, so that, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But, yeah, if Manny was like, you know what, I want to join forces with Yadier Molina and Jack Flaherty and Carlos Martinez. And, like, we're like, yeah, please, come. Yes, yes, we will take you, Manny Machado. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, um, I, I can't get the image out of my head. I mentioned this several weeks ago, and it's become a, a talking point of uh, an outfield of Bryce Harper, Harrison Bader, and Tyler O'Neill. Um, because just picture it. <laughs> oh, let us, let us picture this hair uh, <laughs> that outfielders will have. Um, as someone who, who often has longer hair, um, I look forward to watching uh, watching these mains, if you will, uh, patrol the outfield at Bush. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Josh Donaldson, because as you mentioned, that's that's the more Cardinals choice. Right. The the <laughs> I don't I'm not sure when Josh Donaldson sort of became like that second tier. Meh, I guess we'll take him. But um, right. the injuries have sort of played into that and, and made him less of a sure thing. Obviously not quite the the prodigy that Bryce Harper has always been. But a, a potential upgrade for sure for the Cardinals um, offensively. And it, it sort of helps answer some of the questions on the infield. No question about it. And a fair comparison is, is the Lance Berkman acquisition a couple years ago where you get a guy in his 30s who's had an amazing career uh, that still has something in the tank. And, yeah, they could probably get Josh Donaldson for a cheaper – they will get – somebody will get Josh Donaldson for a cheaper amount than they would have a year ago. He's coming with a, off the calf injury, and, and there's a lot of question marks about the guy. But, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the, the reality is, like, if 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 – if Bryce Harper goes to Philadelphia, Machado uh, stays with the Dodgers, and the Cardinals get Donaldson and I don't know somebody and Adam Ottavino, are are you is that a playoff team? Or I mean, and I, I I think no, or I think maybe, but then we're back in the late you know we're I loved the late eighties, but I loved the late eighties, great music, great movies, but I don't like the oh, I'm messing up my own joke uh, the, the high eighties I'm messing. The whole point is what I'm trying to say. I'm sure you can just delete that out. No problem with your editing. I'm sure you've got a whole team of, of editors. Um, the whole point is um, you, in the high 80s, the win total, that, that, but that doesn't guarantee you anything. And I think what Donaldson and maybe a pitcher would do is kind of puts you back in that position where 
yeah, if everybody has a great year, then you have a great team. But there's not really a fallback, right? If if Ozuna doesn't rebound like you're expecting him to, if Dexter Fowler isn't great, uh, and and Tyler O'Neill maybe isn't quite ready for that, and you know, then Matt, maybe Matt Carpenter isn't the August version of Matt Carpenter all the time. You're you're kind of putting yourself right on that edge where if everything doesn't go right, um, there's not a lot of room for error. Exactly, and it comes back to what do you want to be if you're the Cardinals and and like the pro like maybe part of the problem is that they've excelled in the past mm. i mean like if the card if the cardinals and this is dumb like they're like a you know expansion team with three years like this you're, you know you're like all right maybe they need to upgrade but they're like no we've done it before we've done it before but the question is when did they do it before what era of analytics did they do it before what era of of that of the division they're in did they do it before uh a lot of their success came when the cubs were uh were, were terrible i mean that i mean they got a lot of wins against those 2011 to 2014 cubs if you will um i i the thing something that bothers me is when people are just like they looks dumb like, no, he's not dumb. I mean, these people, their whole lives, they spend hours and hours looking at computer screens, stats we've never heard of, you know, the whole the whole thing. Um, they're, they're not dumb. It's just a question of how they are going to approach the offseason differently than the way they had because their strategy didn't work fully, clearly, because I'm not at a Cardinal playoff game right now. I'm in my living room. Well, and and let's be clear to that point. I know that John Mozeliak likes people to remember this. They were going to give a lot of money to Giancarlo Stanton if he yeah. just agreed to the deal, right? So it's not as if they're they're as an organization staunchly opposed to $300 million contracts. That's it's not, you know, that was money and players, right? So that was even a, a different sort of balance of um, currency, if you will. So it's not like they won't go there if it's the right piece. It's just a matter of getting that person on board as well and maybe going a little little further than the comfort zone allows for. <laughs> exactly. And we don't have the numbers in front of us, but somebody is going to pay more money than we anticipate even right now for Bryce Harper. Who is that somebody? Yeah. What team oh. they that is that is the question to answer. One other thing I wanted to uh, to talk about, um, sort of going away from players and more just with the team. There was a lot of talk off and on this season. It kind of came back again at the end of the year uh, with attendance at Cardinals games this year, and some of that again, another box that I think Bryce Harper checks is people are going to come see him play. Um, how much do you make of that? Because at the beginning of the season, the weather was terrible. At the end of the year. People are back in school. There are a lot of reasons for these things, but it yeah. was a real story that that a lot of people were talking about. Yeah, and I've written a lot about about it for the St. Louis Post Dispatch on our website, and it's a very fascinating situation. Now, uh, the numbers show that they're they're selling tickets, and the numbers show that they're they're made the three point four million. We we know all about it, and we also know compared to most other fan bases, most other cities the cardinals do really well in attendance so if we're comparing to other towns and be like oh why are you pointing out the cardinals situation why don't you point at the other 20 whatever teams that, that aren't doing well um but for me as someone who's from st louis who's written a book about the st louis cardinals whose life is is covering and following the st louis cardinals you look at that brewers series where the brewers came to town and the cardinals were on the cusp 
of, of then in fact, if I recall correctly, they entered the series uh, in a wild card spot. So it's not like oh, if crazy things happen, we're in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs. They just hold on. And I talk with my hands a lot. And um, and nobody came. And I know it was it was a weeknight weeknights, and it was school had started. And believe me, I'm I'm acknowledging that. And but I mean, it was desolate at the stadium. There were huge uh, sections just of empty seats, and it was weird. It was the first time I was like, "This is weird." And but then there's so many other aspects to it, right? Does it does it mean? And we we can talk about it. like, does it mean that the fans are are just kind of like meh? Because we don't have a superstar, and even if we make the playoffs, we'll probably lose anyway because we're just the Cardinals, and those teams are the Cubs and the Brewers and the whomevers and the Dodgers and the whomevers. Or is it – and I wrote this, like, like my, I'm looking at my TV right now. Like, TVs these days are pretty nice. Like, the Jet, these are like Jetson-like TVs, and – they do an amazing job with the Cardinals uh, broadcast. Danny Mack, I, I mean, I think he's talking about most underrated Cardinals. I think Danny Mack might be the most underrated Cardinal. He's a fantastic broadcaster. And you got Scott Warman, the Iron Horse, doing you know every every post game, pre game show, the whole thing. It's a good it's a good experience. And of course, you got the, the family aspect, or even just a single you know the one lone person going to the game. You got to pay a bunch of money to do so. You got to pay to park. You got to pay for food. I pay for for everything, and oh, it's cold, and and it's a weeknight, and 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 Johnny's got soccer, and then Sally's got homework, and whatever it is. Oh, and the game's on TV right here in my free house where I have free food and the beer I want. Like, why am I driving thirty minutes downtown? Like all like I'm 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 talking myself out of it right now. Like why would I ever go to the stadium again? And that's the whole point. Like it's up to the Cardinals to like all right. Things are good now. We're still getting our 3.4, and the tickets are still selling. But, man, if we have another eight mid-80s season, uh, and then it looks like that. The, pro- the, the biggest problem for them will be if the weekends start looking like, like the weekdays do. That's when they'll know they have a huge problem. Uh, but right now, I think it just it leads to fun dialogue. It leads to me commandeering this uh, interview and talking for five minutes about, about it. It's very fascinating stuff, I think. Does it feel like that's on the radar for the ownership as far as, you know, what is or isn't happening or what those trends are, much less the, the ones on the field? Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I, I we speak to these people at, at the stadium. I mean, there's people whose jobs are, are you know, breaking down the numbers of attendance and, and, and the, the season tickets and the packages and the group things. And they, they, they do all these amazing creative things to get people in the ballpark. And, and, and with the, you know, I mean, you think about how many people come to the game just because their kids singing a song. You know, I mean, there's, there's many songs to sing. If anything, they should have more songs. There you go. A song and inning. <laughs> they should have the eight-year-old kids sing the Budweiser song. No there problem. There. <laughs> here comes the king. Here comes the big number one. That's 200 tickets right there. No problem at all having kids singing a jingle about alcohol. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, yes, they are aware of everything. They're, I mean, this isn't a... This is, this isn't a, I'm, I'm smiling. This isn't a mom and pop organization. Whereas there are situations where you can point to something and maybe say it is, but this is not a mom and pop organization. This is a this is a company. This is a this is a business. And uh, but it's a changing business. It's a changing landscape. Yeah, and I think that's that's the key uh, on the field and at the stadium. Um, but you know, 
to your point, um, the, these are all people who are good at their jobs. They're all people who um, maybe don't give as much information as the consumers would like, but that's also part of their jobs. When you hear John Mozeliak sort of talk in circles, um, it, it's always funny to me because he'll give this very seemingly well thought out answer. Uh, and then you go and listen back later and you're like, mm, he didn't actually say much there. Right, <laughs> um, but that's, totally that's intentional, right? He's, he, he's not, they're not going to give uh, all of the information that's available because, um, you know, that's, that's not really anyone else's business, but theirs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and again, we, we know, we know they care. We know they want to win, but are they doing it right? I mean, we see it all the time. Mike, Mike Matheny, Mike Matheny and Barry Odom, right? Barry Odom, the football coach in Mizzou, he played for the Tigers. Mike Matheny uh, had his greatest years playing for the St. Louis Car. It's not like he didn't care. It's not like he didn't want it. You know, it's a matter of execution. And some people aren't as good at jobs as other people. And that's why some people aren't in those jobs anymore. Yeah, yeah. And the the work of the offseason has only just begun for all of them, I'm sure. Well, Benjamin, I don't want to take up any more of your time this morning, but I appreciate it. Yeah, very fun. Uh, anytime uh, you want to hear me uh, ramble on about the St. Louis Cardinals, I'm, I'm here to do so. Sounds great. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll, we'll probably circle back uh, closer to the season, I'm sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you. Just think, everybody, this is only the beginning. Only five-ish more months to go? We'll get there. Together. You and me and whatever cool guests I can round up over the course of the winter. Again, hit me up. Let me know who you want to see on the show. Many thanks again to Benjamin Hockman. Make sure you're following him on Twitter and reading his stuff at stltoday.com. And in the paper in St. Louis... For Benjamin Hockman, I'm Tara Wellman. I'll see you next time.